Anything can happen. You don't have to wait for tomorrow. Anything can happen right here, right now. Anything. I wish somebody would reach for the impossible right now. Anything can happen. Usher you in, Lord. We're expecting God. Sometimes our worship is hampered by our fear to fit in. But God's not looking for a people that fit in. He's looking for some people tonight. They said, I won't be satisfied until you bless me. I'm not bound by time. I'm not bound. By ritual, I'm not bound. Come on. He's looking for some people who say, excuse me. You're in my way. I like that song. When the God that we serve operates in the realm of impossibilities, blinded eyes are open. Lame limbs are healed. Cancer leaves the body. High blood pressure comes down. Diabetes leaves. But we have to have that Tenacity. I don't believe in being arrogant. I don't believe in being arrogant, but I do believe in being faithful. And I believe in being bold with my faith. 
I believe in being bold. I believe that if the world can shout over a sporting event, if the world can go crazy, because they won a prize, then the church should flat be losing their mind because we who should have been dead, who should have been lost, are still here. telling Brother Clark when I just a minute ago, I said, my goodness, I said, I got some big shoes to come behind. He preached a two o'clock service last week, is that right? And I, they tell me that the building was on fire, it smoked, it, I mean, I don't know what happened. But I said, I don't hear nothing but good news about that. And then Brother BK, I don't know if he's had a break in the last month. He's been preaching. And the pulpit's been on fire. His head's been on fire. People are getting baptized. People are getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I love it. I love it. I love it. Amen. Because I, I believe wholeheartedly where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Amen. And we've got some mighty men of God in this house. Can we give the ministry team a praise? Thank you. Just make contact with someone near you if you would. I won't have you standing long. And I want you to pray for the flow of of the Holy Ghost in this place. Mm. Lord, in the name that's above all other names, the name that demons tremble after, the name that every knee will bow to, the name that dead rise in, the name that sick are healed in, the name of our Lord and our Savior, the name. We come to you in the name of Jesus, for we realize, God, that there's nothing that can withstand or stand up to you. For you're merciful, you're long-suffering, you're kind. You're loving, and you have taken care of us. So we pray tonight that we, your people, will resign our own will and give it to you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, would you put your hands together? Amen.
If you agree to that, would you put your hands together? Not my will, but thine will be done. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I know some of y'all couldn't wait for the seat. Glory to God. As I was saying before, the Lord has been blessing. We are in revival. God is doing some wonderful things, some marvelous things. And you do not want to miss by playing around. Amen. And thinking that everything is good, copacetic, kosher. Don't just ignore and say, it's going to happen because it happens all the time. The problem is, is when you're in walking in the place of blessing, sometimes we take it for granted. We began to look at it happens so often that there's nothing to get excited about. The problem with that thought process is just like it started happening, it could stop. Now, we don't ever want that to happen. Don't get me wrong. But I also want to, you know, if the water's running, I want to get all the drink I can get while it's running. Uh, Y'all understand what I'm saying? While it's happening, I want to get all that's happening right then. You know, I'm going to tell you how the devil will play with you. I'm just talking a little bit. I'll get into the text in a minute. But the devil will play with you, and you'll miss, and people will get baptized. And people will get healed, and people will get delivered. And you'll come to church, and nothing happens. And the devil will tell you, it would have happened if you wasn't there. It's your fault it didn't happen. Well, I'm, not gonna, I'm here to tell you right now, that's not true. But that's the devil trying to encourage you to back out. Because the thing is, is you're looking for somebody else to be blessed. But while you're here, God might just be ready to open up a blessing right in your life. And so I'm not going to miss. Oh, come on, I'm kind of selfish every now and then. I don't want to miss because I don't want to miss what God has for me. Amen. I, I want you to be blessed. Understand, I, I want souls to be saved. I, I want people to be delivered. I want all that. I want the miracle signs and wonders, but I want them too. Amen. I want it to happen for me. Amen. I've got unsaved loved ones that I have a promise that they're coming in the door. If I'm not here and they walk in, I miss it. Y'all don't hear me? I don't want to miss it. I don't want to miss them walking in. Mm-mm. Amen. Amen. All right, here we go. In the book of John, you won't know this scripture, I'm sure, the third chapter, verse 16. And I did not give them scriptures in the back, so I do apologize. And amen. John 3:16, for God so loved what? The world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We know that. Verse 17 goes on and says, For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be what? Saved. Are y'all okay with that? And so we understand from the text that number one, Number one, I want to draw the point to number one, is that God did it for us. Number two, he didn't do it to condemn you. 
The problem that we have is that sometimes we think that God is this bad guy hiding around the corner trying his best to catch us in doing wrong. First of all, he don't have to hide. He sees it anyhow. Second of all, he is cheering for us. He is not there hoping that we fail. He is cheering for our success. However, the world is trying its best to cheer for our failure. Are you hearing what I'm telling you right now? The enemy desires you to be dead, for you not to make it, for you to be lost, for nothing to happen in your life. The enemy's desire is to keep you in a place of condemnation, keep you in a place of being bound. In other words, if the sun came to set you free, the devil came to lock you up. Are you hearing me in this place? I hope by the end of, what, end of me preaching today just a little bit to you that somebody is going to go hear that clink, clink, them chains falling off. I'm hoping that somebody, amen, is going to say, I'm sick and tired. I've been carrying this around with me entirely too long. Amen. That, family been talking about me. Friends been talking about me. Peers been talking about me. And I'm beginning to believe what they're saying about me. But God is here to tell you, you're the apple of his eye. Amen. You're not condemned in him. By the way, he made sure that you had a way out. He opened a door where there was no door. Come on, the blood of the cross was not in vain. He came just for you. I don't know about you, but somewhere in that blood that dripped out, there was a blood sale with your name on it. Somebody ought to just begin to praise him in advance. You're not condemned. There's no more condemnation. Amen for you who in Christ Jesus. So we move on quickly into the book of Psalms 103 and 1. Be 1 through 5. Bless the Lord, O my mouth. Mm -hmm. Because lip service is not always true service. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. And so good to him, he's repeated it again. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who, watch this, forgiveth. Don't, don't, don't cheat. Don't, don't cheat for them, brother. You a school teacher by trade, brother Clark. Don't cheat. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. <laughs> Who forgiveth some, just the ones that people know about. Just the big ones. All thine iniquities. Not some, but obviously everything. High five your neighbor, that means everything. So he rids us of everything, forgives us of every iniquity. All right? Not just some. He, Jesus, forgives all iniquities. He, Jesus, healeth all thy diseases. You know this. So not only does he, watch this, forgive us, but he doesn't forget us. 
He makes sure that he cleans our spirit while cleaning and cleansing our flesh. Y'all not catching this in here. Huh? His forgiveness goes beyond just the normality of the sins you can think you've done. I love it. You tell people to start repenting, and they be like, for what? And I like to mess with them. Go ahead and tell them about every lie you told. See, some of y'all are trying to count them, aren't you? Running out of fingers and toes. Forgives us, and then he heals us of all diseases. Then it says he redeems us, forgives us, heals us, then redeems us. Redeemeth thy life from destruction. Who crowneth thee with the loving kindness and tender mercies? Now, when he gets done with that, five says, he satisfieth thy mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, I don't know about you, but you know, once you hit about 30, that's about where I was. Once you hit about 30, 40 hits. Uh, you understand? And what used to work and what used to just jump out of the bed. Now, every now and then, you just got to lean on a little something, push it up. Are you understanding? But the scripture does not say that he's going to leave you there. He said, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Come on. Every elder in here ought to be shouting on that right now. <laughs> We're in the minority. Hallelujah. Today I'm going to talk to you simply from the topic or the point, our title, Forgiven. Forgiven. We have heard marvelous, marvelous, marvelous preaching on the gospel. And I mean it. It's been some, some good, old-fashioned, apostolic Amen. Uh, turning over the house preaching on all those things. But still and yet we have some of us that are still holding on to some things that we can't quite let go of. Because for some reason we believe the lie that we haven't been forgiven. And I'm not talking about forgiven by people because people do forgive, but they still see the stain. Men will say, I forgive you for what you've done. But in the back of their mind, there is a memory implant, something that is locked into their psyche that says, beware, because they may do it again. But God, on the other hand, when he does it, there's nothing left to be discovered. I don't know about you, but some of the things in my life I'm glad nobody knows about. Some of the places I've been, I'm glad you don't know where they were. Now, I know I'm all by myself and I'm floating out here by myself because I'm in a house full of safe, sanctified folk that came out of the womb speaking in tongues, but not me. I'm glad that I am forgiven. I thank God that the things that should have took me out and 
should have weighed me down are no longer holding me in that place any longer. I'm glad that God saw fit to look past my filth, my crime, my mess, and find me right where I was. And say, come here, let me dust you off. Let me, let me clean you up a little bit. Let me polish some stuff up. I was telling them today earlier, I said, you know what? When you get saved, your family sees you, they still see you. You the same height. When you, when you repented, you had baptized in the name of Jesus, got filled with the Holy Ghost. When you come out of the water, you walk in lighter, but you still weighing the same. And they see the old you. So it is imperative that we understand that they can't see what God has done in your life until you let that part be revealed. They're expecting you to shipwreck. They're expecting you, amen, to go back to what you were doing because obviously God's not strong enough to forgive you and to cleanse you and to remove those things off of you in order to keep you where you need to be kept. That's how they feel. I, let me, can I share just a little bit? Man, I, I'm, I'm trying to suck some of that energy off of Brother BK, man. That brother is just ridiculous. And I remember when I first got saved. Anybody remember that day? Well, not mine, but you remember yours? You remember it? And I, you've heard my story before, so it's not new. But the bottom line was I got saved on vacation. Right? I was out of town. I flew into town. I flew into town to do bad things. None of your business. Don't ask what it was. And when I got into town, that same person who had been bugging me for a long time to go to church, I finally went to church. I didn't get saved, though. And here's the reason. Because there's another side of being forgiven. You must first know that you need to be. I didn't know I needed to be. I thought I was cool. I know I looked good back then. But I mean, I literally thought that I was good. Me and God were cool. Didn't go to church. Didn't read the Bible. Never prayed. But we cool. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't think I needed forgiveness. So there has to be a revelation that happens in your life to let you know that the thing, the road you're on, that's what you're for. You're, that's what we're for to let people see the difference and the change in us that they can say, hey, yeah, there is something wrong with me. There's something broken in me. And so I went, long story short, and came back. Nothing happened. Cool. Enjoyed it. Whatever. And went back to doing what I came into town to do. That night, though, something got hold of me. Now, I'm not, again, for time's sake, I'm not going to tell you the whole story because that would bore you. But the reality of it is, is that when I got up early that next morning, something happened that night that caused me to say, hey, something's not right. And I called the people who had been praying for me, and I'm asking them, can you tell me about this Jesus you've been talking about? Now, please understand, 24 hours before, 
I didn't want to hear it. Because I thought I was what? Very good. Y'all get it. I thought I was cool. So I didn't think that I needed forgiveness. But something happened that night. No, I didn't get in a car wreck. No, I didn't OD. Nothing as tragic as that. All right. Some people think you have to have something tragic in your life to be woke up. But God, all of a sudden, bam, dropped something on me. And when I got up, I couldn't stop asking about God. God I, as a matter of fact, the Lord put on, my, put on my heart. He said, don't you get on that airplane. Y'all think God don't talk to you? He said, don't you dare get on that airplane flying back because you're not going to make it. Now, I don't know where that came from because I never was afraid to fly. He said, don't you get on that airplane until you've been saved. And I went to, it was one of my sisters. I talked to her, went to her house, still smelled the pine salt on her floor, got filled with the Holy Ghost on her living room floor, got a natural sister, by the way. I wasn't, I wasn't out of order. Uh, amen. And then I got up from there. Amen. And then Sunday came. I repented, got filled with the Holy Ghost on that Friday night. And then that was early, into early Saturday, and I couldn't wait for Sunday. Sunday, I'm back at that little church. And while I'm at that little church, I'm sitting on the back row. Why the back row? Because the back row is where all the scared folks sit. Uh, looking for a quick exit. I, I'm not picking with nobody here. I'm just talking about me. And I was sitting on the back row, and we had a, a, a mother of the church, the, the, uh, the pastor's wife, and she would play the piano. Right? And, and they, she would sing these songs. Songs like, the heaven doors are going to be closed. Got to get to heaven in due time before the heaven doors close. And I'm sitting. I know that don't move you, but I was sitting back there like, okay, I'm going to get up. If she sings one more bar, I'm going to get up. And I kept on bargaining with, 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 within myself on whether I was going to get up. Now, I know I have the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost was pulling me, but the flesh was sitting me down. So I'm back there looking all retarded. Oh, excuse me. That's not politically correct. I apologize. I'm back there looking all messed up. I'm trying. I'm old. That's just what we said back in the day. And I'm, I, so I'm, I'm getting up and down. I'm just, just feeling that within my spirit, just pulling. But something happened. She kept playing. I don't know what was wrong with her. She must have had it on loop. I don't know. She kept playing and playing and playing and playing and playing. And next thing I know, I'm in the water. Next thing I know after that, I'm coming up. Next thing you know, I'm speaking in tongues. And what I left out of that place, the weights that were on me when I got there were no longer on me because now I knew I was forgiven. What I'm trying to tell you, God has no respect of person. You're forgiven. And so he forgives, he healeth, he redeemeth, he crowneth thee with loving kindness and mercies and tender mercies, loving kindness and tender mercies. And he said, who satisfies thy mouth with good things and renews our energy, our youthfulness? Please understand this. Forgiveness, true forgiveness, is not an act of man. Watch this. True story. I'm full of them tonight. True story. Be laughing. No, I'm serious. I know a person um, 
that I had dealings with. Who stole a car. Car was stolen. If you stole it, it's stolen. The person didn't know who stole the car and they didn't know each other. But the lady says, when they found out that they had caught the culprit, she said, just tell me where the car is. I'm not going to press charges. I forgive you. True story. Okay, the car is so-and-so. No charges. But the government, the courts, proceeded with the case. Why am I telling you this? Because man can forgive you, but not the penalty. Man can say, I forgive you and still sue you. Man can tell you, I forgive you, but you can walk right back into the room and they can tell everybody what you did. That's what man does. But God is the only one who can really forgive. Because the only real forgiveness can only come from a holy God. The only one that can remit sins is God. Who is it that can forgive sin but God? So while I'm playing around in church and I'm thinking that people are going to forgive me, stop worrying about that and make your mind up. That there's forgiveness right at this altar. There's forgiveness. Amen. I'm talking about the saved as well as the unsaved. One of the other struggles that we have as human beings is not being just being forgiven by people, but not being forgiven by ourselves. We struggle with forgiving ourselves, hence we won't move. For some reason, the altar has become a place of punishment. If you walk up there, somebody's going to think you've got sin in your life. And they're going to talk about you. But I'm here to tell you, the Bible says come boldly to the throne of grace. Why? Because I'm forgiven. Come on, I'm here to tell you that forgiveness, watch this, forgiveness happens, amen, before you get here. On when you made your mind up to start walking, the process of forgiveness is already being applied. It's when you make your mind up, I'm not concerned what nobody else thinks, God. It's you that matters. They don't have a heaven to put me in, nor a hell to send me to. So, God, I'm coming boldly to you John 8 1 through 11 it says Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives and early in the morning he came into the temple and all the people came unto him and sat down and taught and taught them and the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. 
And when they had set her in the midst, they, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. Duh. In the very act, in other words, they caught her in the action of being adulterous. I know the sisters are saying what happened to the man. I don't know. He escaped. Now, Moses in the law commands us that such should be stoned. But what say thou? Moses' command is that she should be put to death. But what do you say? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. The great setup. But don't you know, before they found her, he knew she was there. And they drag her in, not just to stone her, but to accuse him so they could discredit him as well. But the Bible said that Jesus stooped down and with his finger began to write on the ground. Now, I, I'm not that guy that's going to tell you what he wrote. It doesn't say, so I don't know. I'm not even going to speculate. As though he heard them not. What it's really indicating is that he was ignoring them. Now, please understand the principle here. Don't miss this. The devil is always bringing accusations against us. But Jesus is ignoring them. I don't have no time for you to be bringing this to me. You're, that's him. You're messing with the wrong person. So when they continued asking, because when they talked, he ignored. And so they had to keep on bringing it because that's exactly how the devil treats you. And that's exactly how you think about yourself. You look in the mirror and you remember your mistakes. You remember how you messed up. And you remember how many prayers you missed. And you remember how many times you said you were going to be on time and you were late. You remember how many uh, 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 Bible studies that you counseled on. You remember all those things. You remember everything that you have done or have not done. And it just continually weighs on you. And it begins to grow broke like a cancer upon you and so the enemy just keeps saying it and keeps saying it and keeps repeating it and then he'll send somebody there to to co-sign on that fact are you hearing me i'm telling y'all i'm praying for his strength y'all so they continued asking him he lifted up himself and said unto them he that is without what stone yes do what Cast the first stone. You know the story. And so here he is, tired of hearing them. So he takes what they're doing and applies it back to them. Because watch this. They knew they weren't forgiven. And so the same thing they were trying to put on her. He used the psychology and put them back on them. Don't you remember what you did? And 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 you did. And you did. And we find in the story, you know this, we find in the story that they all dropped their stones and turned and walked away. 
He didn't have to rebuke them openly. He didn't have to call fire down from heaven. He didn't have to do anything but to remind them of what they already knew about themselves. But when he talked to the woman, he said, woman, where are thy accusers? And she says, then there are none. Where are they at? He says, so I don't accuse you either. Why? Because I know what you've been through. I know how you got to the place where you're at. I know the hurt in your life. I know the disappointments that happen in your life. And I knew the guys that were taking advantage of your circumstance and your situation. So when you came here and they decided to try to tear you down, I'm giving you another choice. I'm giving you an out from where you were at. And that's what God is trying to do with us tonight. Rise up and go and sin no more. Why? Because I know you and I have forgiven you. High five your neighbor and say forgiven. Amen. Luke 24, 46. We'll get somewhere tonight, hopefully. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that, watch this, repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Now, here is a caveat. For us tonight, we have not, for we ask not. Here is a point I want you to pay close attention to, that in order to be or receive remission, we must repent. Remission is mentioned very few times, the word remission is, is very few times in the Bible. In most modern day translations, it is written as forgiven. Or forgiveness. And so he said that our job huh, is to preach repentance and remission of sins huh, among all nations first at Jerusalem. And then it says, and ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, why do I need that power? Why do I need that power? That's a question. We need that power so that we can forgive because it's impossible for us to be forgiven until we can what? Forgive. We need that power to forgive ourselves as well as others. We need that power to be effective witnesses amongst people. It is impossible for us to go on our own. Remember, that same spirit that raised Jesus is the same spirit that will quicken what our mortal bodies. That same spirit is the same spirit that has the authority to forgive. What you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. What you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Somebody better catch on to this. There's some power in us. 
amen, to win souls or to kill souls. And so we have to have the strength and the tenacity to defend, amen, hallelujah, against our own flesh and against our own attitudes, against our own feelings to allow the power of God to reach out and touch. Psalms 25 and 11. I'm going somewhere, I promise you. The Bible says, for my namesake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. You find the writer here expressing the necessity to be pardoned. Now, historically, we would go back and we would look at several different things. One of the areas of remission or removal of things would be the seven years when debt was erased, when slaves were freed. Seven years. You would allow those things that you should be fighting to keep to let go. But there's a portion in that commandment that says, for our people. And so if you let your slaves go and they didn't belong to the people, you could go back and get them. So here is what Jesus is saying. I am going to let the old man pass away so that you'll become the new man, so that you'll never have to go back up under the curse of your past. Oh, y'all not hearing me. You'll never have to worry about being an outsider because once I'm inside you, no longer can you ever be deemed an outsider. The weight of your sins of your past, you're no longer carrying them. They're covered. They're under the blood. They no longer exist. See, I get excited about stuff like that because I understand that my life has not been perfect. My saved life has not been perfect. I have not always made the right decisions, and I have not always done right. Matter of fact, sometimes I've been downright mean, and I've been downright ugly. There's times, amen, where I even got mad and wanted to walk out, but I'm here to tell you something on the inside kept saying Keith you're still forgiven don't give up now you're still forgiven but I'm not worthy to do this no you're still forgiven it doesn't matter about all the things you've done you're still forgiven but they're going to put me back out no they can't put you out because they don't have the keys And so some of us, even right now, are carrying the weights of those things. Some of us are carrying those things. Because we feel if nobody knows they exist, then we can pretend them away. And so the trickery of the enemy is to keep your mouth shut and silent about it. Because what they don't know won't hurt. Are you hearing me? I'm not talking about confessing all your sins amongst everybody else. I'm talking about making a motion to God and letting him know that, you know what, this is not worth my soul. I am not going to hide it one second longer. Oh, you might have been peeking at something you ought to not been peeking at. Can I talk to some people in this house right now? Maybe, maybe it's just the little things that I just tried it once, and maybe I, I didn't think it had an effect on me. But you better be careful. 
Watch this. I don't care how much you crack the door. Watch out. Uh, and you're looking out the door. While you're looking out the crack, you can't see what's coming in uh, under your feet uh, or under the bottom of the crack because a crack door. Y'all understand what I mean by crack door? What I'm saying is just because you're saying a little won't hurt. Uh, you don't know what device the enemy is utilizing to come in and attack um, to put another weight on you, to cause you to go back into that state of depression and being down and feeling bound and feeling like there's no hope in your life but I'm here to serve notice to you saints of God you've been forgiven and so we move into the book of Acts because that is the Acts of the Apostles therefore let Acts 2 36 I'm sorry Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. In other words, let everybody know. Are you hearing me? Now, let me digress just for a minute. I tell you, I got a bunch of stories. I just was on the phone with my nephew, Nigel. You know, he just got wed. And they, they're in Puerto Rico, and it's a 45-minute cab ride. And I'm praying for the cab driver right now. <laughs> no, he wasn't shouting and going, <laughs> he wasn't dancing. But his wife was teaching a 45-minute Bible study <laughs> to the cab driver. He said, she just asked her, do you speak in tongues? <laughs> he said, and she said, the lady said, yes. She said, do you pray always in tongues? And so she just kept going, said, relentless. She was just having her left and right, giving her the word of God. I'm here to tell you right now, when you've been forgiven, you want everybody around you forgiven. You don't understand what I'm saying. I don't want nobody to be hid in shame when God. I want everybody to be able. To know what it's like. And so she was letting him know, hey, this is Jesus Christ. I don't know how you was baptized. They may be baptized by now. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> and the Bible says, now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts. And said unto Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Now, that's awesome because shall let you know that they're ready to do something. What shall we do? What needs to be done? Peter said unto them, what? Repent. Come on, I need to hear you. And every one of you, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse and Goofy. No, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And right there, apostolics have got that locked down. We have it locked down. We know that. And so the promise is unto you 
and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as our Lord our God shall call. But when we go back and we find the word remission, it means to remove. Now, please understand, there is a conjunction. Baptize every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for, for connects the rest of the statement and it says in order to have what's applied on this side of the statement you must apply what's on this side I know this is elementary we know this but I still want to say it and so it says repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for in order to find forgiveness of sin. I can't be forgiven. Now, wait a minute. Hold on. I told you before that you're already forgiven when you got up out of your seat. The process starts, but we must finish the course. We must finish what is required. We must make up our mind that nothing is going to stop me. I told you. I got up and I went to a room on a floor and prayed for the Holy Ghost. Stayed there, I don't know how long, but I was there long enough to receive the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I sat on a back row of a church. I don't know how long. It was a long time. That's all I know. I went through the whole service for the altar call, sat there and sat there and sat there, but something wouldn't let me leave. Why? Because I had to finish the course in order to have the forgiveness of my sins. Hear me when I tell you this. When you repent, yes, you're saying I'm sorry. Yes, things are happening, but God is saying there's more to it. Remove all my sin and shame. Take it all out. I don't want none of it. When I leave from here tonight, I want to leave with a clean slate. I don't want to leave carrying any baggage that I came in here with. I don't want to leave arguing with my wife. We're not arguing. I don't want to leave mad at my friends. I don't want to be mad at my coworkers. I don't want to leave out of here, amen, angry with my landlord or my boss. I want to leave out of here with all. My sin and shame removed. I want to make sure. Maybe you've been baptized. If you haven't, tonight's a great night. Maybe you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. If not, tonight's a great night. But if nothing else, I would make sure that I didn't leave this place. Amen. The way that I came in. I would make sure that every weight, amen, and every sin is begin to be lifted off of me. You don't understand. Let me try to help you just a little bit. Uh, bro Brother Josh, you're small, man. Come here real quick. No, quick. Quick. <laughs> quick. Now watch this. Do you see his tie? My tie, my tie. You see his tie. It's a nice tie. But right now, that represents sin. Don't take it off. I ain't tell you do nothing. I ain't tell No, you cheating. Keep your tie on. It's a stain. He's trying to take the stain off. You don't, God can only do that. You can't do that. This is, now tell them you're sorry. Sorry. 
That sounded true. <laughs> it's still here. You see it? Do you see that? But when the blood is applied, It's now covered under the blood. So when God looks at him, because the devil's going to say, Josh didn't move fast enough when pastor said come. Josh did this. Josh did that. And they're going to say, the devil's going to say, watch. It's sin all over him. Look at him. I'm examining him. But for some reason... I don't see what's there. Why? Because he's been what? Forgiven. Are y'all catching this? When the world forgives you, they see it. When they get mad at you, it turns three times his size. But it don't matter what they say when God takes it away. Somebody ought to shout in this place. And let the Lord know I'm glad I'm free. I'm glad I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. The blood still works. I told you in the beginning there are going to be those. Amen. That will leave out of here. With the sound of the chain still on you. But that's solely by choice. But there will be some in here that have made up their mind. I'm not going to waste the opportunity of a lifetime to let go of some of the garbage I've been harboring. I'm not going to let one more moment go by, not one more second, to hold me in a place of being bound by my past, bound by people's opinion, bound by my own dislikes, Bound by my own deceit, I'm not going to allow one more moment of that. God, tonight, it's you and me. I don't care about nobody else. When I walk up to this altar, I'm not looking to my left or my right. I'm not praying for my brother or my sister until I get some things off of me. I've been going through the motions, hallelujah, carrying around luggage with me, praying for other people. While I yet have understood that I don't have the right, number one, to carry anything that doesn't belong to me. And any sin, any grief, anything that's on you that has already been washed in the blood no longer belongs to you and you're carrying around stolen merchandise somebody better make your mind up that I'm no longer gonna carry around stuff that no longer belongs to me why I was forgiven when they ask you why did you leave your stuff over there you tell them I don't know what you're talking about those aren't my chains check the name on them nothing on them have my name why I've been forgiven what about all this mess right here you let them know no longer is that mine check the name the evidence says it's no longer mine I let it go a long time ago why because I was forgiven 
Now somebody would say, might even ask this question. How do I know he will forgive me? Preacher, you don't know what I've done. How do I know he will forgive me? Well, I used to be in church. And I've been gone a long time. Oops. I'm not just talking about the people who aren't sitting in here. I'm talking about people who sit in church every service. That have been gone for a long time. How do I know he'll forgive me? Because John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. And his word is not in us. So today, tonight, at exactly 8 p.m., I lay it down to you. What do you want God to do? Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Forgive me, heal me, redeem me, crown me, satisfy me, renew me. Come on, forgive me, heal me, redeem me, crowneth me, satisfy me, renew me. Come on, the altar's open. Come on, forgive me. Heal me, redeem me, crown me, satisfy me, renew me, forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. I'm forgiven. Come on. Come on, in the name of Jesus, early. That's on purpose. Not so you can go home early. But so we can get ready to leave out of here. I expect a pound of chains, a pile of old baggage left at this altar I expect some redeemed people some renewed people who oh, come on renew a right spirit in me come on saints of God come on come on and for those of you who have not been baptized in the glorious name of Jesus he wants that for you. He wants to fill you with the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
But right now, as a church, come on, would you just begin?